Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Welcome to episode 167 of Martha Runs the World. I asked the question this week, does running have an eating problem? Well, we shall find out. Every season, there's a trendy new diet plan. There was paleo, then keto, then juicing, and they all fall by the wayside. Now, intermittent fasting is the hot thing. Next year, they'll, there will be a new hot thing and intermittent intermittent fasting sorry i can't say that or if as i'll call it as we move forward will be cast aside i just heard just what it was last week oh juicing is not now that's old no no one's doing that anymore so juicing is gone it just is it's trendy it's hip you got to stay with the hip things Don't eat healthy, just do the hip thing. (laughs) There are a few things that create and push forward new ways of eating and losing weight. The media, of course, is one. And then your people just push it among their friends. And, of course, you know, these these restaurants push it, these, these juicing bars and all these things come out. And then someone in the media, these influencers push it. So it gets out all all over the place. And so people adapt it saying, oh, this person does it, so it must be good. Of course, the best, longest lasting way to lose weight is to eat healthy. Limit serving sizes. Don't snack at night. Just do a sensible diet. I know it's boring, it takes a longer time, it's not exciting, not new, not trendy. Yeah, why would you do something sensible, right? But it is, it is the right way to do it. The best way, I wouldn't say right way, but the best way to do it. Of course, some people don't want to go through all the hard work and time and effort. They want to lose weight fast, right now, right now. I want to do it right now. So out, out pot paleo, keto, juicing, and fasting. You want to lose weight right now. So you don't eat much. Will you keep it off? Well, that's up to you, isn't it? I'm going to get back to my original question. Is there an eating problem in running? The National Association of Anorexia Nervosa and Associated Disorders estimates that around 30 million Americans or about 10% of the population suffer from eating disorders such as anorexia and bulimia, and many more exhibit signs of his disordered eating. That was in 2017, and I'm pretty sure that that number has risen since then. That's 10% of the population. That's huge. If that doesn't shock you, it very well should. 47% of elite athletes in leanness sports, such as running, that emphasize size, 
have experienced eating disorders as compared to 21% of non-athletes. 21% by itself is a large percentage, but 47% is a huge problem. Article I'm getting the numbers from states that efforts are being made to raise awareness. But how can that even come close from the noise coming from media from what I call the diet of the day, IF, intermittent fasting? I'll talk about that in a moment. I mean, every day you hear about the noise. Don't eat. You lose weight really fast. Look how great I can do it. The noise is absurdly loud. And I just don't hear the same sound coming from those who are telling people to be careful, to be aware of the problems surrounding it. Fasting is big right now in the running world. I'm going to talk about it, the pros and the cons. I've watched a lot of videos. I've read a ton of information about it. There are pros and cons, so I'm going to give it as a fair of an overview as I can. As always, your mileage may vary. Each person is different and has a unique life experience and circumstances. Consult a registered dietitian if you have any concerns. Intermittent fasting is the diet right now. I'm calling it a diet because it's a new thing of the day. There are a few different ways we can fast if we wanted to do it. Some are pretty common sense. Some are okay. They're not harmful or are not going to really hurt you and don't take much work. And a couple are pretty radical and, well, try at your own risk. Intermittent fasting is fairly new, so there really is not research. It hasn't been done on humans. So most of the research, the research has been done on animals. So take that in mind when proponents tell you, oh, the research is positive. Well, yes, on animals it is, like fruit flies. Okay, the research on fruit flies and mice is positive. So if you want to take that as a positive, saying, oh, yeah, it's good on mice. Okay, well, that's Okay, so mice do really well on it. Well, how does that relate to humans? Fruit flies do really well fasting. Okay, well, that's really cool. Okay, good. Good for them. (laughs) But let's see how it sits in 20 years. Let's see how someone's calcium bone mass sits in 20 years after they haven't eaten regularly for five days out of seven. The pros are that they say are kickstarts metabolism, can reduce inflammation, may improve insulin sensitivity, and may boost longevity. They don't know that. That's what they are saying. We are not sure that that is true. Not everyone should try IF. Diabetics, pregnant women, and those who may have tendency towards eating disorders should not But what if you don't know if you have a tendency towards eating disorders? I guess you'll find out. (laughs) IF can be done in different ways. Many times it's divided into times, such as 12 hours not eating and then 12 hours within a 12-hour time period you eat and the 12 hours you don't. Or 16 hours you don't eat, 8 hours you do. Or, which which is, those aren't too bad. Really, within eight hours you eat, 16 hours you don't. The 12-12 is pretty sensible. 
because out of those 12 hours, you're going to be sleeping eight hours anyway. That's not too bad. I, I think out of all of the ways, that's the most sensible is the 12-12. That makes a lot of sense to me, actually. And if you're going to try one to begin with, try that. See how that works for you. There's also a 20-hour and 4-1 where you only eat within a 4-hour period. There are a few ultra runners who follow this. You only eat within four hours. So you have to gorge everything you can within four hours. It it works for some people. It's called a warrior's diet. I would not suggest this for most people. It works for them, apparently. But having to binge eat in a very small time period can be difficult. And it can cause some problems. It can set up the athlete to be a binge eater. It creates heartburn. It can create heartburn, I should say. It can make the person be overly tired or lethargic for 20 hours. The person doing it may not drink enough water during that time. And it can also give give them, put them in a bad mood. It can make them easy easy to anger. It also sets them up to be, uh, like I said, it sets them up to be binge eater. I can't think of anything more dangerous than to tell a would-be anorexic, well, there is a way that you where you don't eat for 20 hours and then only eat for four hours and you lose weight. And what about bulimics? What's to stop them from out of control binging during those four? Four hours. Walter Longo, who's a professor at University of Southern California and director of longevity and cancer program, says people should stay away from the idea of just eating once a day. This is a very risky, he says. In fact, based on the data, it is problematic. In this case, he's putting it Uh, at risk for cardiovascular disease, gallbladder issues, and cancer. And like I said, there's no data to back it up in either way. We just don't know, obviously, because it it hasn't been around long enough. Maybe in a couple decades we'll find out one way or the other, but we just don't know right now. One runner I've seen, he's not an elite runner or anything, he's just a regular runner. I've seen who does this, posts pictures all the time of the massive meal he eats in the four hours. And they're not healthy. I mean, we're talking about these serving sizes would feed a family of six. And it's not healthy food. I mean, he starves himself to eat like these massive amounts of beef and bacon. This is not healthy. The websites that I've seen who do promote these 20-4 diets suggest healthy, unprocessed foods, largely vegetables, healthy forms of protein and fat, don't suggest large amounts of beef or bacon. It's not suggested to do that, so he's not doing it properly. If you're going to do that, do it, you know, eat chicken or fish or, or some forms of protein like that and eat a lot more vegetables than he is. And people who do get on this kick of doing these intermittent fasting like to compete with each other to see how long they're going to do it. It seems to be a thing. There was this challenge to do a 50K without fueling a couple months ago. 
Okay, if you want to do that, that's fine. That's your choice. If you want to go 50K and drink only water and not have any kind of fuel and you want to work up to it, that's your choice. Go for it. All right. I don't really care. It's not none of my business. I certainly wouldn't do it. But if you want to do it, work your way up to it and try it. It's free country, right? When the challenge came around, some people played one-upmanship on each other and wanted to go farther. Oh, I can do 50K. I can do 50 miles. I can do this. I can do 100 miles. All right. And what's your point? (laughs) I don't really care. And then somebody upped everyone and said, oh, I went five days without eating. All righty then. So there's a problem to me. If true, and the person may just be completely full of it and just lying, and if not, the person who went five days without eating has a problem. That is a problem right there, and that's a cry for help. Even if they made it up, that is a cry for help. If you've gone five days without eating, you need help. If you're looking for attention by saying you went five days without eating, you need help. This is serious, seriously wrong there. This is what I'm talking about. This is not a good thing. This is not something you should be proud of, to go five days without eating. <laughs> we, we are living beings and we need nourishment. Starving oneself isn't anything new in the sports world. That's what fasting is at one's heart. It's where you're starving yourself for a number of hours. In the 80s, we used to <laughs> we used to go without eating all the time. When I was in high school, I remember high school girls go without eating a lot. That's what we do in high school. It's part of trying to be thin. When I was in high school, we would pretend we would take lunch or something and pretend we would eat it. Or we'd have like a little thing of cottage cheese and that's all we would eat all day. Or someone would say, oh, I had a sandwich. And say, How could you eat a whole sandwich at lunch? Good Gosh, you know, we would just have like a a cottage cheese and a hard-boiled egg, and that's all we would eat all day. (laughs) And then in college, I would go, I remember one time I went like two days without eating hardly anything. I was so self-conscious about my weight, and I remember I was not in a good mood. I was very cranky and unhappy about it. Really, I was so unhappy because I didn't have any food in me. Obviously, I'm going to be unhappy if you're not eating. You're not going to be a happy person. It's it's just not it's not a natural thing to go without eating. We'll be right back. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. I certainly wasn't alone in that, too. It, this is nothing new. Starving oneself is not new. It's, it's not a new thing. But to, to turn it into a, a diet is a, a trendy diet is, is, is just, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't really agree with it. And athletes in many sports today still suffer. One of the reasons why I stopped watching the gymnastics 
in especially girls gymnastics in the Olympic Olympics is because of all the damage they did from not eating properly. One of the I remember reading first about the female athletic triad, and that is done a lot of damage with female runners. If you don't know what that is, the female athletic triad is includes disordered eating, amenorrhea, meaning the loss and complete absence of their monthly period, and osteoporosis. You have those three together. That is what the female athletic triad is. It was first described in 1992 as a syndrome seen in female athletes. When diagnosed, the patient is helped back to health with a nutritious diet, rich in calcium, as well as therapy. And it's prevalent in in female sports, especially in college. The female athlete triad can be dangerous to female athletes and their health. It affects the body by breaking down essential functions needed to maintain a healthy hormonal balance. A study led by Catherine A. Beals looked at a group of 93 elite women runners. The researchers found at least 82% of the group reported a history of one of the following, anorexia nervosa, binge eating, binging and purging, and disordered, undefined eating practices. Athletes at the college collegiate level are more susceptible to develop eating disorders than their non-athletic counterparts, according to the National Eating Disorders Association. 35% of female athletes and 10% of male athletes are at risk for anorexia nervosa. And I don't want to leave out the men, too, because male athletes suffer from it as well. And male runners also suffer from it. The statistics for bulimia nervosa are even higher, with 58% female athletes and 38% male athletes at risk. It's not surprising to find eating disorders at college. That's where mine were at their worst. Peer pressure and the stress to look good is at its worst in our lives then. Add to that, those runners who want to be the fastest they can be would create a pressure cooker for anyone. In my opinion, I think colleges need to be more need to be more aware than they are of athletes and not just of the records that they set for the colleges and the sports that make money for the colleges. That's always a problem for colleges in my opinion. They just need to deal with these health problems. And college coaches need to be aware of their athletes of their students They're not just athletes, but they're students' health and mindfulness of their runners. As much as I wish common sense in eating would be the norm, it's not going to happen. And wild diets are always going to be with us. It's just part of our lives. If this works for you, if fasting works for you, that's great. I'm glad it does. But please try to make sure that your diet is as balanced and healthy as it can be. If it doesn't work for you, then don't do it. Don't do it just because it's popular and other people do it. Don't do it for that reason. Don't do anything for that reason, for goodness sakes. Do something because you like it. And please, be mindful and careful of recommending fasting diets to young people, especially young women. They are very receptive of anything 
that can help them be as thin as possible. I know I was. <laughs> I was really, really receptive to that. It's like, what? I can lose more weight? <laughs> no, that's not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. They're already at risk of the female athlete triad, and we don't want to help them get there faster, really. We do not. There are many organizations out there to help athletes with eating disorders. Lane 9 Project is just one of them, and I'll put out a couple links on the website to help people if they are indeed suffer from eating disorder problems. We all want to find the best way to eat that works for us. It's not always easy because we always ride that fine line between we want to eat everything everywhere in the world and we want to be as healthy as we can. And <laughs> we really can't do both. I can't starve all day. I really can't. I'm not a happy person if I'm starving. I can't. I'm a grazer. I know that. I'm a grazer. I like to eat a little something every couple hours and I'm good. I don't really like to eat a giant meal. I, I feel awful if I eat a whole giant, big, giant meal. I'd rather eat small little servings. So I'm much happier if I eat a little something here, a little something here, a little something there. That makes me happier. I know that. I like to do that. So I would much prefer that when I go out to eat or something like that and I have to eat a big meal, it's like I'll do that, but... I have to refrain from eating as much as everybody else because I don't feel well when I eat a big, giant meal. It kind of sits in my stomach. So I see these big, giant meals that these people who have been fasting all day and then they eat this big thing, and it's just like, oh, no. I, I would not feel well doing that. It's like, no, I don't think so. No, thank you. But that's not me. But you have to find what works for you. If you think you have an eating disorder, I will include some resources and maybe they will help you. They may help you with that. If you need advice or if you need help, if I can help you in any way, please don't hesitate to email me, MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. We're here for each other. That's, that's what runners do. We help out each other. Okay? Now... Just a little on my running progress. Okay. <laughs> All right. I just want to let you know that I am doing my running a little bit. I am just going along with my running. I only have two more physical therapy sessions left, and I'm done with that. And I'm following along with everything that, that my physical therapist says. I do my exercises. I try to do them daily if I can. I did some band work this morning. That was great. Did some exercises. That felt really, really good. Had a great run yesterday. Yeah, it felt really, really good. I also did some filming. So if you know anyone who wants to start running, go to the um, Martha Runs the World YouTube page. Uh, I don't know what it is, site. (laughs) I don't know. And check out my beginning running series. And uh, that may give them some tips and help them out with their running. And that's it. I know this is a little bit shorter show than I usually have, but yeah, that's all I got today. The website is MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. Like I said, the e- my email is MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. All right. So 
Until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for a run. <laughs>